Welcome to Tracksuits and Pajamas. Or pajamas. We are two best friends from different walks of life. And sleep numbers. Together we'll delve into everything massive and mundane. Join us as we address politics, love, race, parenthood, pancakes, and more. Because when you're comfortable and among kindreds, no topic is off limits. Hello everyone, welcome back to Tracksuits and Pajamas. Thank you so much for joining us. This is going to be our season finale. Noel, Mariah, and I are going to take you through this first year of tracksuits and pajamas, and we're going to talk about all the things that we've learned, uh, things that have inspired us, uh, things that we hope will be different as we go forward into 2021. Uh, we hope you enjoy this episode, and we look forward to seeing you in the new year. I was talking to some friends yesterday, and the conversation came up of, you know, just people sort of say, like, um, hey, we really want to return to normal, right? Or we want to get back to normal. And we had the conversation about it's not so much getting back to normal, because I don't, I don't know if normal is really good, uh, because normal is a big part of how we got everything we got this year. Mm-hmm. right? So from the issues with COVID to social and racial justice to, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on, right? Normal is kind of what led to a lot of this stuff. um, If we really take a look at it, but I I do hope that we learn how to be healthier in this new environment, because I feel like everything is just, everything is taxing. Like you mentioned the uh, CBS uh, this morning edition, right? If you look, if you look at that and see everything pieced together, I mean, it's it's a lot, and you realize that, like, collectively as a country, we've all gone through that. Usually, when we look at stuff, it's like, oh, well, you know, this group of people or these folks over here dealt with this, and then this group dealt with this thing. But no, we like collectively went through all of this stuff, and kind of shook up some stuff and brought it to the surface that I don't think needs to go away. Uh, it actually needs to stay, but we got to find a way to be more healthy in it. While we started the podcast is with all the stuff that sort of came up, people will have to, or should at least uh, be able to have constructive conversations and dialogue that leads to solutions to change things like we, like you can't just not engage. Um, it doesn't mean that it's easy, right? Cause there's, there's been a ton of all of the sudden moments, uh, from, you know, from COVID to, to race and bias, to, to the vaccine, to schools, you know, all of a sudden, I think it's crazy. All of a sudden, this is the year that folks are like, Oh wow. Teachers are really important. Right. It's like, well, uh, where have you been? Like, have you been on a different planet? What's been going on? Um, so I hope that folks, I hope we don't get back to what was normal. Cause I think the discomfort that we feel on a lot of stuff is actually good. Uh, and it can be the beginning of, of a breakthrough on some stuff, but we do have to manage ourselves in that. Otherwise it just turns into like, just more chaos soup. This is a little woo-woo, but I think our core 
our core issue is that we as a society and a culture, especially in the United States, don't want to feel our feelings. And this has illuminated that really in a big way for me, too, is that you have these folks who are, you know, rebelling against wearing a mask, rebelling overall. And what what I hear, the narrative that I hear is that I'm not going to give in to fear. And what I've translated that to recently is that I'm actually not going to allow myself to feel fear. And so there's this whole hubris and pretending that happens of if I act a certain way, then I don't have to feel afraid. Or if I... I mean, for me, a big one that I don't want to feel is grief. And that's why I keep going back to the CBS Sunday morning from last Sunday, the last one of 2020, is that it it kind of forced me to feel all the grief at once because it's been so rapid fire that you almost couldn't really feel the weight of all of the grief. It had mm-hmm. to be these little bites and nuggets of grief. But when you see it all together, it's... As a collective, there is grief. As a collective, there is fear. And we sit... we. And, and discomfort. But we tend to think that the feeling of these things, even anger, we, we only really like happiness, right? We only really like joy and all the other emotions we think have we all the other emotions we have led ourselves to believe that when we feel them, it means that something is wrong. The truth is we're supposed to feel all of those feelings. So feeling discomfort because I'm stuck in my house doesn't mean I go to Disney World. Feeling discomfort means that I'm uncomfortable and I should probably sit in the discomfort and understand what the discomfort is trying to tell me. And the truth is, I think we'd be crazy if we weren't all feeling a little afraid or if we weren't feeling anxiety. But unless that narrative shifts that the emotions themselves are not what's wrong, then we're going to continue to take action feeling all of this is what creates humanity and is actually what creates empathy and is what Mm -hmm. creates the middle and fosters the middle. We have to feel all the things, no matter how badly we don't want to feel all the things. And as a society, we'd gotten so far away from feeling anything, you know, we numb, we numb with everything. You know what? We watched the crudes last night, the new, Mm -hmm. the new one. And I don't think this is a spoiler, but there's a piece where where one of the cavemen, the teenage cave guy, gets a window. Have you seen it? So the teenage cave guy gets to sit in front of a window for the first time, and it basically becomes his screen. So then he makes a small one, and he's like trying to watch the birds through the window. He's like, I need my window. I need my window. And really, it's like it's the hilarity of seeing that what he's seeing is what he would see without it, but that he's so focused on um, – you know, being able to kind of see things through a lens that he wants to see. And then, I mean, that doesn't have a place here, but it's, it was funny to me that the idea of numbing could start that early and all the ways that we try to keep ourselves insulated from feeling, which feeling is actually, feeling is healing. That's silly, but whatever. Feeling is healing. That's like, I saw a thing that was like, Ooh, good. The weekend where I take, uh, I reward myself from working on my medium screen with my big screen, which I then ignore with my little screen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Gotta have my screen though. Oh my God. Yeah. I I mean, that's been the, that's just the way the way the year has been, uh, I, I think I even tweeted out something like in, 
it might have been this day a year ago, uh, or it might have been like, you know, the first Sunday in the new year. And I was, I think I sent something like Clear Vision 2020. You or did? Some, right. Something, something like that. You know, and I just, I just kind of laugh at it when I, when I look at that right now, because no one on the earth, <laughs> you know, had an idea of what we were going to get hit with. Um, well, and it what was what was interesting is one of the guys that passed away. Oh God, I'm going to get him confused. I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. That's how they they in, ended CBS Sunday Morning. I'm just going to keep going back to it. But it, it was the irony of the irony <laughs> of that person passing from COVID. And to me, that's the song that I always thought about with Clear Vision is yeah. that we were going into 2020 with this idea of uh, I don't know just Foolish, foolish optimism. We were going into 2020 with foolish optimism. Well, and I think back to us when we started the, we had the idea for the podcast, right? And we, um, and Mariah, this is even, this is even pre-Mariah where you Was there si- such a thing as pre-Mariah? I don't recall a pre-Mariah we, we day. Try to, we try to forget it because it was painful pre-Mariah. <laughs> it was scary and dark. It was very scary and dark. Uh, it was like being in a cave. And so Noel and I went to the Austin Public Library and recorded uh, <laughs> our demo episode. And Mariah, we used like the little Zoom uh, recording thing. Mm-hmm. And and, and had, Trenzio had a red wagon that we pulled all of our stuff mm-hmm. in from his, his condo to the yeah. library. We went to rock and roll and rented all the equipment and like... Uh, and then I tried to edit it, and it was. That's when I was like, "We need Mariah because, because this is not cool at all." Um, but it it made me think how when we first got started, we we're like, "Hey, you know, let's do something, try to help folks uh, have conversations in the middle, right? Come together with the disagreements and handle things in the ideal way that." utilizes empathy and actually try to solve something, right? Because we got to have this dialogue. But we had, and I think the only, the biggest backdrop we had was probably political, right? With with everything that was happening uh, at the White House. Um, That that was probably the biggest thing. Um, But I think as we went on and throughout the year, we just got all of this, all these other things to talk about. Um, Well, and it, 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 it illuminated for me that those those other topics and those other feelings were always there. Yeah. The we've joked about this even in politics is that everybody gets so focused on who wins the White House but yet we don't vote in our local school board elections, right? Mm-hmm. Because it becomes the lightning rod and it becomes a symptom and it becomes the big polarizing piece of who's going to win the election. But all of these other things bubble to the top and everybody's biases bubble to the top. Everybody's narcissism and ego bubbles to the top. The way that we were brought up, every single thing gets fixated on this one person and this one win. And I think that's what 2020 showed us is it was all the underbelly of what was actually creating this big level of discourse Mm -hmm. when we talked about who's going to be president and who's going to be president is just one iota of all of the pieces of our country and our world that really play into this. 
Yeah, because none of that, like you said, all that stuff was there. And that's kind of what I was getting at earlier about how we don't we don't want to return to normal. Because normal act like those things were not there or we just didn't talk about them. Right. So we want to stay in this um, heightened awareness state, if you will, but just do it in a better way. Uh, and so I, I think as we get into the podcast next year, I, mean, I think that might be something that we can explore a little bit more is that, hey, all right, we're, we're at this heightened state of awareness. We don't want to lose it. Um, let's talk on and work on things that help us to sort of navigate this in a healthy way versus just putting it all back in the bottle. Because uh, that's not that's no good, um, which is why I think the the podcast was was timely. You know, I, I, I've talked to a lot of folks, and they're like, "Wow, y'all, y'all really picked the picked the right year to do this." And I was like, "Well, we were just we were tired of the two of us talking on the phone for two hours." Well, not tired stuff. of that, but yeah, just... not tired of it. We we wanted to share because uh, we felt like we felt like people needed to hear, and it was therapeutic for us. Um, you know, everybody has to sort of find their own way of, of working through this. I feel like this time for us did that. And we were happy to share with folks if it helped make a difference for them also. So Noel, as we look back and look ahead, tracksuits and pajamas and all the things that have happened this year, what's been the big learning point for you? Uh, what's something or some things, uh, that really stuck out to you this year? Let's see. The big learning points. I think the illumination of all the things that we don't know, that I don't know, the pieces that I believed that I knew going into this about myself, about the world, about my family. It is 2020 for me, and there are blessings in this. I'm not discounting all of the tragedy and all the hurt, but it really turned everything upside down, and then turning everything upside down I have seen things that I have hidden from myself on purpose that I didn't want to see, but I also have seen a a lot of good that was there that I couldn't see because I was blinded by, um, for me, as an aside, for me, uh, my numbing agent of choice has always been to be really high performing. So I don't give myself a lot of downtime. It's always on the, I'm always on the go. And as a parent and as someone just as a person in in our society, but also a parent, you know, someone who works a full-time job, we want to do this podcast on the side. You know, I, I put a lot on my calendar and most of the things I put on my calendar are there with a purpose and there because I want to do them. But there's also this underlying thread of keeping busy and keeping, um, keeping a sense of urgency as a part of my everyday life, which as a, shadow side and as a halo keeps me from really checking in and seeing how I feel about things. And honestly, it keeps me from checking in to see how other people who I love that are in my life feel about things because it becomes less about the feeling and it becomes more about the efficiency of getting the stuff done that needs to get done on a daily basis. And really checking in to see how people feel is empathy and while I do try to practice empathy and show empathy to myself and ooh, showing empathy to myself is a really tough one, which could be its own episode at some mm-hmm. point. While I pride myself on trying to be empathetic to those around me, 
the reality is I practice empathy with a shield and my shield is being efficient. And let's see how we can do this efficiently. And can we practice empathy in two and a half minutes? Did we get that? Are we good? Okay, let's move on to the next thing. Because now we have, especially with little children, it's now we have, we got to brush our teeth. We got to put our pajamas on. You know, all of these tasks that I utilize to show love, but I realized in this year that the tasks had become the experience instead of the sitting in it being the experience. And and as tough as this year has been, I know my children in a way that I've never understood them. I know my husband in a way that I've never understood him. I know my friends in a ways that I've never truly had the ability to connect. Because when you're able to be out in the world, but it's a different kind of dance with people than what has happened for us and our family in 2020. And I think the other thing I've learned about us as a society is that Clearly, we weren't prepared for any of this, but we also want we we also weren't prepared for what our feelings would be about it, and um, we we don't want to feel any of our emotions except for joy, and that we think that if for some reason that we're not feeling joy, then something is wrong. And this year has shown me that there is yes, there is joy in trauma, and there is joy in grief, and there is joy in sadness, and that's really what empathy is too. And one of the things that I try to practice is the beauty of and that two things can be true at one time. And this year for me has shown that so many things can be true at one time. My family and I could have made the right choice for us, which is to be more secluded. You know, I'm high risk. My mom's high risk. We have a lot of high risk people in our family and also just not wanting to be part of the problem in terms of passing this disease on and that that can be hard and it can be sad and there's a ton of grief around it as well and it can still be the right thing. That's good. What about you? What things do you feel like you've learned this year? Oh, let's set record for the next two days. And we'll, no, uh, so, so many things. I think one, one has been the, the importance of speaking up even when it's really exhausting. Um, you know, I think this year, like you said, and like we've talked about, it's had so many, so many twists and turns. Um, but the importance of speaking up, even when you're exhausted. Like I remember when we went through the um, sort of the series on on race, uh, with everything that was going on. That was a really, that was a really tough period, right? Obviously, we talked about COVID and and the impact that that has on everyone and the seriousness of it, and rightfully so. But the the race part was was there long before COVID. I mean, and it was lo- it was there long before um, any of us, right? And sadly, I think it'll be here even after us um, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And that is very exhausting. Um, and, you know, I really struggled with the, I was happy about all of, not happy, happy is the wrong word. I was, um, it was fortunate to see all of the attention being given to it. 
Um, but it was exhausting and disappointing and depressing all at the same time. Um, and but, still is, I would imagine. And still is, right? Um, and because of that, uh, you know, I think for some folks, there's a natural sort of feeling it just sort of, I got to get away from this. I got to step away. And that's totally fine and understandable. Uh, but for me, uh, it was also, also felt a need to speak up in that. Uh, and to share and to press and to not shy away from, um, which we talked about during our podcast, but I had the opportunity to, to be on some other media outlets and sort of share those same feelings and thoughts. And that was, that was a tough period, but it was necessary. So, um, learning the importance of speaking out in spite of, and then when I think about the generations before me, that's, that's what they did every day. So it was like, you know, let's suck it up and get it done. Right. Cause this is, this is what your ancestors have been doing for years and this is what's needed. Um, and not to let my frustrations um, cause me to not do anything, uh, which, again, I go back to the reason why we started the podcast. A lot of the frustrations that we had that we saw with people not being able to have conversations and people not looking at things with a full perspective um, drove you and I just bananas. Right? And so we said, hey, let's create a podcast to talk about that so that way people can have these conversations. Otherwise, things won't get solved. Um, we'll just keep circling. So uh, definitely learn the importance of speaking up and speaking out even when you're exhausted with stuff. Also, as you take a look, and this wraps in the COVID piece, um, people's desire to do what they want right? when they want to do it regardless of who it affects like that, that that's been really it's just been again always been there but because we've sort of been in in a version of isolation all of us have been able to sort of zone in on that a little bit more uh, and that's that's been fascinating to me to see and to sort of examine um, because whether it's mask wearing or whether it's the vaccines or whatever, whatever it may be in order for this to have gone better, um, it would have required an enormous amount of empathy and to see how folks struggle with that. Um, just basic things, right? I'll, I'll pick on the mask wearing, for example. Like, it's not a, um, you know, everyone said that shouldn't be a political thing and everybody should do this. But just think about it. That that turned into, like, this big thing. With everything else that we had going on, that is that turned into this big thing. Um, and I heard some people say, well, it's like, you know, it should be like wearing a seatbelt. People should just do it. The difference with a seatbelt is it protects you. Right. The me over the we. Yeah. A, a mask, on the other hand, it's like, wait a minute. You want me to wear a mask because it may help Noel and Mariah. 
but I don't like wearing, I don't want to wear a mask. Oh, but you're saying I should wear it to help them. But, but, but I don't, I don't like that. So why, why should I have like that? Just that rub, right, is, has been interesting um, to see. And then, um, Mariah, you mentioned earlier of having some friends that, that have some disabilities. Um, and then we've talked before about, you know, folks with, with uh, cancer and just other, other things that they may be dealing with from a health perspective that they, that they cannot get away from. Right there is there there is no exit. There's no place to sort of sit in that, and um and not have to deal with it. Like it's an everyday thing. And here we are, being asked every day to wear a mask. Right, you you don't have a disability. You don't have cancer. Right, you, it's not some, but but you can't you can't quite make the connection of wow. There are people who have to deal with things every day. And instead of having that empathy, right, sorry, instead of having the empathy around that, and that's a perfect example of a lack of empathy, of putting myself in someone's shoes and wonder, okay, on top of this, this is really hard for me. What would it feel like if I also were going through chemotherapy? Right. What I have seen as responses to that is that's not my problem. They should just stay inside. Yeah. And it almost was a double down on a lack of empathy based on what impedes my comfort Mm -hmm. and that has been the breaking point for me is that we are so we have we have we have bowed we have been bowing down to the idol of comfort for so long that we don't even as a collective know what to do anymore like our comfort is the most important thing to so many people yeah and this has been that breaking point of what am I willing, what, what level of discomfort am I willing to feel for the collective greater good? And the answer thus far, in a lot of cases, has been none. I'm willing to experience no discomfort. I mean, I don't like wearing a mask. It's really uncomfortable. It's not, the truth is, it, I mean, I hear that and it is true. It's not fun. It's not easy to breathe. Depth perception is off, like all of those things. I'm not going to wake up someday five years in the future, hopefully, and decide to wear a mask every day if we don't have to. It's not, It's there's no sense of ease around it. But it is literally a bare minimum level of empathy that we can show to ourselves and others. And what level of discomfort are we willing to take on ourselves? Yeah. And here's the other thing, though, is like... I've gotten no colds this year. I uh, have had way less allergy problems because I am someone who hikes every weekend. Ragweed, who is she? Juniper, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> they took a vacation. Those girls are off, like RVing a different place. <laughs> come on, Juniper, don't come back. Mold, not a problem. Not a problem. Yeah, I mean, there's there's all sorts of positives that that could come from it. I just just that that sort of awakening for me again it's always been there always known it but it's just there's been a big spotlight like just beaming down on that um and what's crazy is there are people who are just oblivious to it like just don't even see it like they can't even make the connection um some because they're playing political games and they all that stuff but then I set that aside, but there's actual folks who just, just, just not getting it. 
Um, we have been taught and we have been teaching the next generation again that the me is more important than the we mm -hmm. and that our feelings of discomfort or anything else that we don't like is some sort of flashing light indicator that we're supposed to change our behavior. Mm -hmm. And instead, what it really is, it's an indicator that we should be checking in with ourselves and seeing what comes next. But yeah. we have been unwilling to do it. And so I think when when we think about 2020, the word that probably doesn't come to mind for most people is light. But for me, it's not that this has been a light and easy breezy year. It's that a huge spotlight was cast on things that existed. The underbelly of everything that already existed has been illuminated. And now my question as we go into 2021 is now what? Right. It. You know, I've I've been guilty of it too. We joke about, oh, 2020, you know, screw you, 2020. I can't wait for you to be over. And by the time this podcast airs, it will be 2021. Mm -hmm. But there's not this magical reset button that says this was all just encapsulated in this really terrible year and now we're back to normal. To your point, there is there is no normal or there's a new normal. And what actually needs to get reset is that we have to get reset. And that we have to think through, now that we have seen all of these undesirable institutions, attitudes, elements about our society and elements about ourselves, now what are we willing to do about it? Now how are we willing to change that? You know, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite authors is Glennon Doyle, and she always says we can do hard things. All right. We can do hard things. We've done hard things this year, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. Now what – now, excuse me, now what are we willing to change about ourselves so that we can make it better for everyone else? I saw this morning on Twitter uh, some people who live in New Zealand and Australia, and they're like, hey, guys, we're in 2021. Just so you know, it's still the same. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's, that's, a, that's a great point because tomorrow, like I said, in New Zealand and Australia, it's already tomorrow – um, this stuff is going to be, it's going to be there, right? So January is going to look a, a lot like December, uh, just with, you know, a few less holiday decorations, right? But it's, it's going to look pretty similar. Uh, February probably, you know, it's so, so it's not going to, which is why the things that were uncovered and unearthed are going to be there. And I think they should be there. It's how do we navigate that, right? How do we approach those things with more empathy? And again, putting yourself in someone else's shoes to generate an action that solves a problem, right? How how do we do that? Right, we have a new administration coming in, um, and their their tone, their language has been around a lot of that, and I think that will help. Um, then, I love know, that empathy became a oh, political slogan this year. That was... Yeah, I was like, you know, I feel like... Um, I wonder if they were listening to tracksuits and pajamas. I'm sure that's yeah. what it was. I'm okay. sure. Because that makes me feel better. Because that's what I was thinking, but I just wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, it, it, it did become a thing. Like, I even... Uh, I sent out something on social where um, sort of one of their art cards when... Uh, President-elect Biden and um, Vice President-elect um, Harris uh, were going up on stage. Um, 
I guess <laughs> was I think it may have been like a week after the election. I think that was right. Uh, or whenever it was, wherever it was finally called, uh, they were going up on stage, and they had um, something like, "We have chosen empathy," right? And I thought that it just I spoke volumes uh, because that that should and that has to be the theme going forward. Um, and I think, and I, I hope that people will, first of all, sort of demand that from themselves, right? Demand that from themselves, demand that from their circles, and then obviously demand it from the folks who are in leadership uh, because we've seen what it looks like when we don't have that. And what I would add to that is when I, the Noel Intrinsio, I think, that started this podcast a year ago in 2020, we were pretty good at empathy. But I also have now realized this year that empathy is not a one and done kind of thing. So even that idea of we have chosen empathy, empathy is actually building a muscle over and over and over again. And you're mm-hmm. never at, we are never at a loss for opportunities to learn how to be more empathetic and to put more empathy into the world in different ways. Because yeah. I can get, I don't know about you, but I can get pretty holier than thou in that you know, I I practice empathy. I understand this. I'm going to put myself in someone else's shoes. I'm going to work to find a solution. And yet I cannot count the number of times this year and in my lifetime where I have been smack dab face to face with something where I do not want to show empathy Mm. and then have to figure out again that it's not just about showing empathy as a tagline or as a podcast, but it's figuring out a way to show empathy when I don't want to, you know, when it's my version of whatever the mask is or whatever something is that I don't want to do, or if someone, in my opinion, has done something that is not deserving of empathy, then I have to check myself and realize that the fact that I have put a label on that this person doesn't deserve empathy means more, means, means that there's more about me that needs to be revisited than something that I could do for them or to point their direction. And I, I do think, without being Pollyanna again, that that's one of, the, one of the positive learnings of 2020 is that it has forced me to look inside myself and wonder, mm-hmm. how can I step up? Where can I be more empathetic? And where can I be more of use? You mentioned a while ago of the other, the other pieces this year of, you know, where can I be more of help when it comes to racial inequality? Where can I be more of help when it comes to folks who may be additionally marginalized, whether it's with disabilities or mental health or pieces? What, what, what am I putting into the world? Like I have, I've watched myself this year even more like check what I want to tweet. Cause I want to be snarky. Sometimes I think snark is funny every once in a while, mm-hmm. but you know, where, I have I have put more of a filter on myself this year because there's this collective grief and there's this collective trauma that I want to be very cognizant of not contributing to it. And I, yeah. I among all of the firestorm of yes, it's still a dumpster fire. Yes, Twitter is still terrifying, but I have seen a lot of people try to step up and take responsibility for past actions or past words. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that may be one of the things as we get into the next season. Um, you know, it may be worth 
for both of us. I think even sharing even more of those moments where we struggle with empathy, because you're right, it's, it's an ongoing thing. Like it's like a sponge, right? Once you absorb, you, all we do is just get a bigger sponge. Like it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, you know, and we said this from the beginning, we don't, we do, we do not have all the answers. Uh, we struggle with it every day. Uh, and this year, like most people, it's been really tough. Um, you know, anytime somebody denies COVID or doesn't take it seriously and then they end up getting it, yeah, it's really hard to, you know, it's it's hard to have feelings for that person or that group of people who happens to be, you know, trying to make it seem smaller and all of a sudden when it hits them, it's, you know, it's serious, right? And we've talked about this before with, um, you know, the the politician that finds out their their son or daughter is gay. And prior to that, they just, you know, wouldn't approve any legislation uh, that's sent around LGBT rights. And then all of a sudden they find out, you know, their son or daughter um, it's part is of that gay. community, right? Yeah, it's part of that community. And then all of a sudden... All of a sudden, they they change, right? And y'all have heard of y'all have heard us say this. All of a sudden, that's what we mean by the all of a sudden, right? When it when it happens to you, then all of a sudden you are awakened, right? And that that part just it just drives me crazy, right? And I struggle with that every day. Uh, the all of a sudden pieces, especially as it relates to just simple humanity and decency. Right. Whenever you have to have an all of a sudden moment for that, that's different. If you have all of a sudden moment for, hey, you know what? I should have baked my cornbread at 350 versus 450. Right. Because now it's burning like that's different. Right. I can deal with those all of a sudden moments. Uh, Yes. I'm speaking from experience as it relates (laughs) to that. Just Um, put it to taste. Just put the salt into taste. Just to taste. Yeah, I asked my grandma for some recipes uh, over the holidays, and and all of her, all of her feedback on the recipes were, oh, oh, baby, just to taste. And I was like, well, like, like a third a cup or like a teaspoon. She said, oh, just to taste. And so clearly, I destroyed some stuff over the holidays for that, right? So I had a lot of all of a sudden moments with that, all right? But that's a lot different than you know when you're dealing with people, right? Like this, you, you shouldn't. You know, in my book, my humble book, um, you shouldn't have those moments. You should you shouldn't have a bunch of all of the sudden moments when it comes to humanity and decency, right? Or or to a pandemic, like like we shouldn't we shouldn't we shouldn't have those moments, but um, we do. So empathy becomes very hard for us. I can get the sympathy. I can get the sympathy a lot quicker with folks. Uh, that I can get to empathy on on that, right? Like, and a- I agree. And the power that we've talked about before, the power of the word "and," all of that is true. And you know that I'm right with you on that. I have, I feel this rage of why does it take this? Why does it take someone that you love dying from this disease? Or why does it take, you know, you? having someone impacted by racial injustice for you to realize that it's a global problem. Um, And then the other piece of that is, and you know, you and I are both 
also people of faith, is that God does work in mysterious ways. And sometimes these all of a sudden's are the path to change. And mm-hmm. so while it irks me to no end and it makes me so irate, I do believe that there is work to be done as a result of those all of a sudden's that then can enact change in that person's life and they're the people who are in their life. Because those all of a sudden's, as much as I believe that it should be a standard, that is also the catalyst for change that can help change the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really, I really think there's something there for us to dig into next year about um, when you, when you talk about the all of a sudden moments, because that's, that's like a critical inflection point um, when that happens for all sides of an issue. Um, when you have that all of a sudden moment, um, because you know, because there's a lot that you can unpack there. You can unpack. So where where were you at? You know, thirty seconds ago. You know, where were you at an hour ago before you hit your all of a sudden moment? And why were you there? Um, we we've had some of these conversations, and a lot of folks that we've read about have, have shared that they just they just didn't see it. Right? They just which you know it's. Again, it's a tough pill for me to swallow, but but they just didn't see it until it happened to them, you know. Just so I just, you know, there's one wish I have for 2021. I kind of have it for every year. Is that people would have those all of a sudden moments before something bad happens. Right or not, not not something bad. Let's let's, let's not let's let's before cut that other out. people uh, are harmed or yeah. before. Yeah, before before yeah before other people are harmed by it. Right, have your all of a sudden sudden moment before it starts to affect other people, right, and hurt people. Uh, that would be that would be great. And I agree with you. I think there's things that we can't see until we see them. I also think that there's a piece of willful ignorance that needs to be uncovered? And what are you hiding from that keeps you from being able to see things? It's one thing just not to be aware, but it's something else to be willfully unaware. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of a sudden, it is 2021. How did that happen? No, it just went by. I am really excited. One of the things I was excited about in 2020 was um, during all the social and racial injustice and protest and um, speeches and dialogue that was going on. Um, I was really impressed with the younger generation and I'm really excited uh, to, you know, ride along with them uh, throughout this process because they, and we, we talked about this during the race episode, they have their viewpoint Speaking of all of a sudden, right, they they just don't tolerate it. <laughs> you know, when it comes to humanity and decency, like those are boilerplate pieces for them. Like, like, they're like, why are we even talking about this? Like, this, this is just, we don't do this. All right, let's move on to something else. So I'm, I'm really excited to see sort of what happens as more and more of them get involved in politics, um, 
positions of leadership with companies. Um, they become educators. They open businesses. I'm really excited to see what happens there because I just I love their thinking. Um, something else I I thought about was uh, cancel culture and how um, cancel culture is kind of like. Um, it's like the weaponized version of empathy. And it was, and like with any weapon, right, you have to be careful with it. Um, but I, I just think that that dynamic was talked about a lot. And it, and it was even going back to um, Me Too and, and, uh, and sort of con- continued on. But just the thought of, um, thought of applying cancel culture to a lot of the all of a sudden things is is interesting right because you know you take race for example i don't think there's anybody who would be upset if we canceled that right but what does what does that look like you mean canceled racial inequality and canceled racism yeah 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 you know so what does that what does that look like how does that get executed so i'm I'm just curious to see how, how those things kind of play out as we get into next year. I, was gonna, I saw some interesting things about, I mean, I don't think cancel culture actually exists to the, to the frame that most people think it does because mm-hmm. like if cancel culture really existed, like Jerry Seinfeld would have no career or like people would actually stop what watching Woody Alley movies and like, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's plenty of people. There's or Bill a great... Cosby could not get a Twitter account in prison. Could we? That's a piece of cancel culture. I just wish, like, right. maybe but he then, could just. You know, and then there's also like I saw a thing about how, um, like, the woman who uh, accused Emmett Till of of mm-hmm. harassing her, and people were like, "Oh, well, she's old, so they're not going to do anything about it." But I was like, Bill Cosby's the same age, mm-hmm. and they put him in jail. Yeah. So it's like the the thing cancel culture doesn't I think actually exist to the point it does. It just like there's a small segment of people who yell about things and then nothing actually happens. Um, and then like people who do get called out, you know, it's like there are ways to fully apologize and to change from that. Francesca Ramsey has an incredible uh, video about like the art of an, a real apology. Mm-hmm. And what that can look like. And then I think there's people who have successfully done that. Um, obviously people who haven't even tried. Yeah. Um, you know, like even as we're, we're talking right now, there's a big upheaval in the podcasting community because of Andy Mills at the New York Times. I don't know if y'all are familiar, but he put out um, the Caliphate podcast a while ago that was very successful and won Peabody's. And they've had to do a big redaction because the core of the podcast is untrue. Um, it was like the and, podcast version of a million little things or what a mil- that James Fry book from years ago. Yeah, like essentially the same sort of deal. But like he is still a producer at the New York Times. He uh, got to co-host The Daily at the New York Times just a week after his Peabody was taken away from him. Um, and then a bunch of women in the podcasting community and in audio journalism have come forward to say that he sexually harasses women. He's told women that they'll never get jobs in audio because they're not good at Pro Tools. Um, Mm. he has poured a a beer on a colleague at a bar who once told him his music taste was a little hipster. Um, you know, there's just like a constant stream of people who are 
putting out this information and other people have said I've reported it before and nothing was done. And like, he still has a job. So mm -hmm. it's like, does cancel culture exist? Like, yes, it would be great to cancel culture, racial inequality, but mm -hmm. it doesn't exist because like y'all have been saying, everyone just wants to be comfortable and it's uncomfortable to have the conversations about all of these issues. And I feel like you're right, Mariah, yeah. because cancel culture almost only exists in the in the echo chamber of social media. So there's this, you know, mm -hmm. firestorm that happens that this person is canceled and this is over and this is done and then it abates and it's not always affecting people's real life. It's almost a false sense of that. And what I think, what I hope for in 2021 and beyond is that we move from this idea of what cancel culture is and it being kind of a hashtag to it meaning actual accountability. And what does mm -hmm. it look like for true accountability? Because in my opinion, what comes after true accountability is change and growth. Whether that means, as it should, Andy Mills should have an impact on his job um, and that there are consequences to actions and there needs to be accountability for actions. And or it also can mean in some cases for other people that their all of a sudden moment means transformation. And that this idea of being canceled is is a mirror that gets put up to our faces that says this action and this part of me needs to change, not because I'm afraid of losing something, but because I want true accountability and I want to apologize in a real and authentic and organic way and that I want to be better. And I think that those pieces will kind of thread out and the people that should be held accountable will be held accountable and should be held accountable more and more and more is my hope. Mm -hmm. and and that the people that can learn from these experiences do. I saw a, kind of a joke tweet the other day that said somebody said, please don't give Lori Laughlin a book deal. That's part of cancel culture, too, that I think is problematic is we have these people who get canceled, quote unquote, and then they come back. I can't speak to what happened to her in her, what, four month prison sentence. That she but, was only in for two. Right. That she was only in for two. I don't necessarily know that that by and large and by itself means that there is transformation that occurred. So let's also stop rewarding people who are canceled, but then putting them back on a pedestal unless we know, and not even unless, but let's stop rewarding those people and let's wait for true transformation to occur. Right. It's like if true transformation should occur, she should have said, give me the same sentence as the woman who put her kid in a different uh, school district so that she could go to work. Or, you know, there was the other woman who got sentenced to like five years in jail. Right. That would have been total I think she's a black woman in Texas, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So th if there's equity, like that's that's equity. And so if you want transformation, let's have true transformation. And I would love to read stories of transformation. I don't want to read stories and put people on pedestals for spending two and a half months in prison for doing something truly beyond the pale. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where all of that goes as we as we move forward, uh, because folks are, you know, this this generation, like we talked about, has all the tools at their disposal to uncover things. And sort of call things out. And so now it'll be curious to see what that next step is, right? So the next step being policymaking, uh, leadership changes, right? Big, big, big things, 
right? Outside of social media, if if you will, right? Well, how do we how do we start to have movement in other places? So, be curious to see how that sort of takes root as we get into the new year and beyond. Speaking of the new year, for all three of us, what are mm-hmm. your hopes for twenty twenty one? Well, of course, for more worldwide dominated empathy. <laughs> empathy domination. <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, always hoping for that. Um, no, what you know what? In all all seriousness, that, that is that's the thing that I larger hope for the country is that we govern with the spirit of compassion um, and that we do it on purpose. Um, And that decisions are made with that in mind. Um, You know, I don't know. That's a, that's good. What about you, Mariah? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I have lots of personal ones that I've written down, but, you know, if you're talking about just, like, generally, I was like, mine are, like, the downfall of capitalism, but, like, because <laughs> I think it's really selfish. But um, I think the... That's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole Emp- nother podcast. Empathy and the downfall of capitalism. Yeah. Um, just because I think it is rooted in, in the the me over the we. And there's... um. As we know, I, ho- I co-host a Star Trek podcast, and there's a great quote from Spock, which is, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. But um, in this most recent season of Star Trek, they've been talking about how when you ignore the needs of the few, you often hurt the many. And so I think it's a balancing point That's between good. those two things for me. That's good. That's really good. Will you say that again, Mariah? So you have to do like the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, but when you ignore the needs of the few, you often hurt the many. Man, that is like 100% right there. I would say my hope for 2021 is that, which is going to sound strange, I hope we don't go back to normal. I, of course, want this vaccine to mean big changes. I want industry to start again. I want us to be able to be in the world again. I want us to be able to touch each other's faces again and be with the ones that we love and to, I want us to recreate a new normal that takes and integrates all of the lessons that we've learned. And that's not just a, this never happened. I never processed it. So let's just start making the same mistakes again. I want it. I want there to be a new normal in 2021 that allows us to have happiness and abundance and all of the things that we desire, but that keeps us in check that the we is more important than the me and that we don't go back to our old ways and just hope that something like this never happens again. And that we don't look at 2020 as a blip, but that we learn, look at 2020 as a growth season that changed us. Preach. And more pajamas and more tracksuits and more fluffy pens. We find those little things that make us happy. Well, everyone, 2020 is a wrap. By the time you hear this, we're looking forward to 2021. On behalf of Noel and Mariah, just want to say thank you all so much for listening. Uh, It means the world to us that y'all would take time out of your day to listen, to share, and to like, and to comment. We will be back next year. 
uh, with a new season of tracksuits and pajamas. Until then, be safe, take care of yourself, and wear a mask. Take care of each other. That's right. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did enjoy, please subscribe and share with your people. Also, uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review so that everyone else can hear all the wonderful things you have to say about us. We'd also want you to check us out in the social media space. All the links are in the show notes. So until next time, take care and we'll talk to you soon.